0: We are on Surah Al-Qasas, Surah Number 28, Ayah Number 7 أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأوحينا إلى أم موسى أن أرضعيه فإذا خَفَتْ عليه فألقيه في اليم ولا تخافي ولا تحزني إِنَّا رَادُّهُ إِلَيْكِ مِنَ as He saw the Firaun had a dream in which he saw that somebody from the Banu Israel, the Hebrews, would come and overpower him and take away his kingdom. As a result of that, he started to kill innocent Babies Meaning the male offspring of the Banu Israel And everybody from The Banu Israel Who lived in their settlements Outside of the city um, Were afraid Apprehensive And uh, they could not escape The punishment of the Fir'aun So people would hide their babies The police would come And then the police would take the babies and then kill them This story starts with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying That we inspired to the mother of Musa that she should suckle him It's quite intriguing Uh, selection of words First of all, you don't need to inspire any mother to feed her child. It should be spontaneous, instinctive. Right? If somebody's baby is born and you have to instruct the mother, feed the baby, there's something wrong with the mother. Hmm. Allah subhanahu wa doesn't say that. He says he inspires. Okay. So what kind of inspiration is this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the word wahi to say that we're inspired. So wahi is much more than inspiration or instinct. Instinctively, even the mother of an animal will feel, will feed its young instinctively as a primordial instinct. So this now word Wahi is much more than that, much profound than that, and it's much more superior than the word inspire, although there's no other word in English, and that will give a general sense of its meaning. use uses the word inspire to at least bring about a semblance of understanding, but it's very different. When you look into the majestic value, of the word wahi. The word wahi is used in the Quran for bees also. We inspire the bee, the queen bee, to do this, this, and that. That's wahi also. Here, Allah subhanahu wa uses the word wahi for a motherly act. As I said, it's primordial, it's instinctive, it's a motherly act. So this means that whenever Allah uses the word wahi in the Qur'an The reader of the Qur'an must not assume that Allah is giving nabuwa Allah gives wahi to the queen bees. So, now is the queen bee a nabi? No Likewise Allah inspires to the mother of Musa a motherly act So is now the mother of Musa a nabi? No right. You have to get the theology right first The aqidah must be right In Islam we do not assume that Allah gave wa to any female Allah did send wahi to a female okay, The queen bee is a queen bee because it is female right. The mother of Musa is definitely female Wahi may come to a female, meaning the queen bee, the mother of Musa and Maryam. But that doesn't mean to say everyone who receives wahi is a nabi. And the reason is that in the definition of a nabi, the condition is that the wahi given must not be spoken to others. In a nabi, the wahi given must be spoken. So, it would have been extremely foolish to say that Allah inspired in Musa's mother to feed him and then to tell everybody in the community about it. Let the police know too. Hey, did God inspire me to circle my kids so you can't touch him? No. So, when wahi is exposed, that is a nabi. When wahi is not exposed, then that is a non-nabi. Right, so you must understand It's not just the word أوحينا, that you must uh, catch It is the aqidah behind it The aqidah comes from understanding the Quran and the Sunnah in totality Not in piecemeal That's why this word أوحينا, is very intriguing First of all, why does Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala use the word wahi to say that we wanted Musa Smother mother to suckle. <laughs> right. Some of the reasons are obvious. One, is that if a mother knows that the child is going to die anyway, why bother? Right? The police are going to come and they're going to take the baby and the baby's dead within a few hours. So why bother with all that trouble? Right. Now the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the, the biological Makeup of the, the mother is very different. Okay. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala first of all sends wahi to Musa Al-Islam's mother and say by saying that you have to suckle him. Doesn't matter what happens. Don't worry about the consequences. Okay. You must suckle him, as you will see the reason for in a few minutes in Shama. So this was inspiration from beyond, from beyond human abilities. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires an instinctive primordial desire within any species, the result of that wahi is uh, universal. Is what? Is universal. Meaning, Allah sends wahi to the queen bee and the effect of that wahi is universal. Without bees our ecology would not be maintained. So Allah uses the word, wahi. No, we don't understand, now we do. Okay, what the process of the queen bee is and how it gives its instructions and how many yards and uh, yeah, feet uh, the food and nectar is away by uh, understanding the dance of the queen bee and the bees around and so on. Okay, it actually gives directions and also the distance. But what is the product? The product is honey. And what does Allah say about that honey? There is a cure for people in what the bee produces. Okay? So when the effect of wahi is universal, then you can say it's oh <coughs> Haina, Likewise, the effect of suckling Musa alayhi salam was universal, meaning Musa's life was spared and since his life was spared that had to come through a process of wahi which is higher than a primordial instinct. Okay? So Allah has placed within every human being a primordial your instinct to take care of its young. If you are <coughs> deprived of that, then you are deprived of human characteristic, okay? meaning your motherhood, which is a loss of the highest order. Nowadays, unfortunately, modern day society would have you believe otherwise, but that is the truth. The question is still there that Allah inspires Musa's mother. To suckle the baby for a reason. First is that uh, Musa alayhi mission is universal. In the sense that the human beings would understand through Musa how to take care of a tyrant. And how to deal with tyrants and so on. Who is In this story. The second part is even more ironic that if you fear for his life, then throw him into the river. (laughs) Who tells somebody to throw their child into the river if they fear for the child's life? No? Does that make any sense? If somebody comes up to you and says, I fear for your child's life, uh, but I want you to uh, throw the child into the river. What is this? It doesn't make sense. There's no logic here. So here again, Wahi is above human rationale. Wahi is above human intellect. When Wahi comes, it gives justification to Allah's word, not necessarily justification to the human intellect. Then the human intellect will have to wait to understand the wisdom and the beauty of Allah's word. Right? There's no reason to say, ...to Musa's mother throw him in the Nile. It doesn't make any sense. But since Musa's mother is a pious woman... ...she believes in Allah, she believes in Wahi, she believes in Dabo and Risala... ...as was the case with all the Banu Israel, they were there. Yes. As with Yusuf and his brothers who came into Egypt... As recipients of Wahi through Yusuf and Yaqub, they still maintain that tradition of Wahi understanding Allah's divine order. So, since she understood Allah's divine order, she went with the order. And Allah says, وَلَا وَلَا and don't fear, nor should you grieve. Fear means that nothing is going to happen. Somebody might say this is known as the woman's sixth sense Mm. we say that might be true but in Musa's mother's case it was not sixth sense it was wahi quite simple Mm. so Allah is saying don't fear number one, one, which is fine, don't be afraid even if the the child dies don't be afraid that doesn't make sense huzan means what? don't grieve but I'm losing my child, you're telling me not to grieve Meaning, even if the child survives somewhere down the Nile, I'm going to lose my child, and so I'm grieving. Now, you're telling me I shouldn't grieve, Don't grieve. Meaning, this is a promise Allah subhanahu is making to Musa's mother that it comes into her subconscious. It might have come through a dream, it might be just something that came to her as an inspiration. Whatever it is, the idea that you're telling a mother, first of all, That you must throw the child into the Nile, and secondly, when you throw the child into the Nile, uh, don't grieve over losing him. Now, the first inspiration, wahi, of suckling the child, that is instinctive. A mother will always feed the child. The last wahi, la tahzani, that's not instinctive, that is counter instinctive. So now you get the combination of both opposites. Into Wahy, <coughs> right? That opposite composition—excuse the, 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 the term—opposite composition doesn't happen, right? <laughs> is Wahy? Is what? Is Wahy? Where the opposites meet—that is Wahy. It won't meet in your mind. It will meet in another world called the world of angels, where they know the formula for Wahy. And they understand how Wahi works. When it comes into the human mind, the human mind will not comprehend Wahi instantaneously. The human mind will have to go through the mill of time and space to comprehend Wahi, in this case, a few days. So we have to be careful that we must not believe that we need to understand the Qur'an instantaneously as soon as we read the diluted translation. It's not going to happen you won't understand it even if you read the Arabic and you understood the Arabic. It will take time. Because Wahi doesn't make sense instantaneously. It's over time. Because we're limited by time and space. Where Wahi comes from another world which is not limited by time and space. So something that dynamic and something that uh, mighty, if it comes into you, you will need time and space to absorb, to digest, and then slowly you understand over time, so Musa's mother is now a believer. <coughs> she's a believer because she's not a thinker. Okay. Sometimes we don't need thinkers; we need believers. And other times we need thinkers. Okay. But anyway, these are two opposites. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, is there. and then the finally, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says to her, "Inna ilayki." That we are indeed going to return him to you. Which seems very far-fetched, but she believes. And we are going to make him, or we are about to make him amongst those who are messengers. Meaning he has a role to play in the community, in the society, and his role will become very obvious to you over the next 15-20 years. Okay. So the first part, la taḥzani happens over two or three days, and the second part that he's going to be made a messenger happens over twenty, twenty-five years. Right? So that's how wahi is. It's not instantaneous that you're going to see the results of wahi as soon as wahi is spoken. No. That is how you develop your mind and the mind of your children. If you were to develop the philosophy of training your children from this ayah, you would do a great job. How do you train your children? You look, first of all, we feed you. And second of all, we part with you. When do we part with you? When we kick you out into the dunya. Go to college, go to school, go to work. Don't come back until you have money. And then you have a mission. All this is there in this ayah. So if you want to raise children properly and correctly, do what? Do what is instinctive first, and then do what is counter instinctive second. What is counter instinctive? To not protect your children from the dangers of the world. You cannot mother your children. When they're 20 years old, 25 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old My darling honey son Doesn't work Let them go Don't grieve Don't grieve, they're going to come back They'll come back happier They'll come back as productive citizens of the world Not as babies. Right? So, whatever inspiration you want to draw from the inspiration that Allah gave to the mother of Musa is wrapped around motherhood. That's why the Qur'an uses the word mother of Musa. The Qur'an doesn't give the name. Why doesn't the Qur'an give a name? For two reasons. One is that in Islamic culture We hide The uh, Identity of our women For social security Which Woman in the Quran I've mentioned this in the Women in the Quran series Is mentioned in the Quran by name One Who is that? Maryam Why is she mentioned by name? Because she is the mother of Isa. Isa Islam did not have a father, so we had to mention the mother. Otherwise, no mention of any woman by name is there in the Qur'an. Why? Because we protect the security of women. We treasure them. Number one. Number two. The second reason is what I just explained. That when you want to understand motherhood, understand Ummi Musa, the mother of Musa. Also, that you do what is primordially, instinctive, and suckle the child. And secondly, if you have to part with your child, then don't grieve. I don't mean that you give the child up for adoption. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying take care of it, as long as you need to take care of him or her. And then when you have to part, la tahzani don't grieve. Don't overprotect. If you overprotect, you will not be raising a citizen. You will be raising the baby forever. MashaAllah, as you see the products in our community. They don't want to leave Chicago anymore. Why? But you came all the way from India, Pakistan, Arab, Pakistan, God knows where. And your child should leave your house? What has this ummah come to? We are no longer creating the visionaries and the missionaries. That we're used to because everybody's always grieving before the fact Before the fact You send your kid to kindergarten, mashallah, and you start crying He's gone to school <laughs> I'm not saying this in a sarcastic way I'm saying That we need to beef up a bit As a community, we need to beef up a bit and say We trust Allah This is how communities have always been from the time of Adam They've always let go. If you're not willing to let go, then you will suffer from what? Possessiveness and then depression. When they do eventually go, because they'll go somewhere, sometime. So, the the, the art of raising children, which is an art, is not a science, it's not a discipline. Because it comes from wahi. Allah is showing us through this ayah that the motherhood of Musa's mother is inspirational it is instinctive it is primordial and it is based in wahi once you understand the depth of this then you'll understand what it takes to create a leader Musa was a leader, right? how do you create leaders? Uh, you don't create leaders by the way you're trying to create them today that's never going to happen You create leaders by associating yourselves with the leaders of the world Where people did what they needed to do Which is to follow the rules of Allah's Amr His command and the Sunnah of all the Prophets Anyway, so this is the ayah This ayah number uh, 7 Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduces the phenomenon of raising uh, children In such a way that the children become Uh, leaders and visionaries themselves so what happens Now, as with the story of Yusuf against which this story is now compared we have the beautiful story of Yusuf and you have the story so as in with Yusuf story his brothers dumped him in the well and then somebody uh, caught him uh, kind of lifted uh, him up from the well, and then he was traded to the Aziz and the Minister of Egypt. Okay. Musa was too young to be traded; he was just there in the Nile. Right. So this is the story. Whereas that, uh, the other story is a beautiful story. Then, then what happened is that the family of Fir'aun they, they took him. Iltaqatah laqitan, liqta In the Quran In, in uh, the Arabic language Means something When you pick up something That's on the road Like lost and found okay. So this is how The people of Fir'aun The family of Fir'aun Who were on the Nile uh, Probably bathing Or doing something else They saw that this basket Is coming towards uh, Them And they saw in the basket There is a the baby hmm. So now they look towards the baby and they picked it up. لِيَكُونَ Hazana, So the family of Fir'aun did not know that eventually, consequentially, what will happen is that this baby that they picked up will become their enemy. And it will become a means for their grieving and their sorrow. This was the consequence of them picking up the baby. Because human beings instinctively, when they see a newborn baby, they do not kill it. Right? They don't kill it. So instinctively, Musa Ali's mother suckled the baby. And instinctively, which is not through wahi. <laughs> okay, the second instinct was not through wahi. The first one was. The instinct of the family of Fir'aul was now instinctive, but it's not through wahi. But nevertheless, as human beings, you do not touch a newborn baby with harm. You pick it up. That's what they did. But they didn't know the consequences. Of what they were doing, in the and Haman, who knew Indeed, Firaun and Haman, who is his minister and his engineer and his builder, and all of their hordes and their forces and their armies, they were they were in sin. They were mistaken in not understanding how, first of all, not to kill the children of the Banu Israel, and how to uh, not kill this one. Right. Anyway, they were in error. خاطئين, where Pickford says their error led them to sin, which is okay. Yeah. So here we have one issue here, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired into the mind and heart of Musa's mother. Now, the next part of the story also deals with a woman. Okay, the first part of the story begins with a woman the mother of Musa the second part of the story also deals with a woman who is that the wife of Fir'aun again whose name is not mentioned but we all know her name Asya as soon as now the queen Fir'aun's wife saw the baby she said that he's an apple for eyes he is an apple uh, in our eyes and for our eyes. He is the coolness of our eyes for me and for you. قُرَّةْ is something that when you look at, look at him or her brings you peace and joy and comfort, etc. For me and for you, he is going to do this. I mean, as we adopt this child... We don't know who this child belongs to But this is what we do As rulers and governors And people with wealth and power and authority That that is the noble thing to do So Fir'aun's wife Now does the noble thing And what does she do? She says, I'm going to adopt adopt him La تقتلوه Don't kill him So Fir'aun is already apprehensive that his dream is now about to unfold in front of him. Right. Whereas the dream of Yusuf unfolded in front of him. Okay, we do not know about the dream of Fir'aun in the Surah. But we know it through the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. You see both similarities between both stories. One is the story of Yusuf, the story of Musa. So Musa came at the tail end of Yusuf Yusuf's line. Our prophets in Egypt As you can see One started with a dream And the other also started with a dream And so on Anyway That's just for those of you who are into literature And understand the beauty of literature Musa's uh, now patron Who is the wife of that Says do to kill him يَنْفَعَنَا أَوْ نَتَّخِذَهُ وَهُمْ لَا It is quite possible, or perhaps we, he will benefit us, or that we can adopt him as a son. So it must be that they didn't have a son. And they will not know, people will not know that this uh, son or this child is Hebrew, or from the Banu Israel, will raise him and train him to be one of us. Okay. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's grand plan for the demise of Fir'an was that uh, He made Fir'an raise the child in His palace. Okay. Whereas in Yusuf Alayhi Salam, Yusuf Alayhi Salam did not destroy the people of uh, Misr or Egypt. Musa Alayhi Salam did through Allah Subhanahu destroy them. They were both raised as princes. Yusuf was raised as a prince, and Musa was raised as. A prince. There's no better way to understand the might and power and wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than to understand the two stories of Yusuf and Musa. Yusuf was supposed to have died in the well, but he did not, and Musa was supposed to have been killed, but he was not. And they ended up where? In the palace of the ruler of the time. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects those people whom he guides And uh, not only protecting them but also their family members. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the family of Yusuf, his father and mother, and his uh, brothers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects the mother of Musa salam and his sister, and also the Banu Israel, because of Musa alayhi salam. This is Allah's planning. Hmm. So, Muslims, when they want to understand world events, they must understand these two surahs so that they don't get. On the wrong end of violence. Allah does not use violence necessarily to protect His good people. (coughs) Violence has never been an answer, it is just an emergency, contingency that we apply uh, sometimes. So now all of a sudden, Musa's mother now became empty. Nothing there. I, mean, I had a child, the child is gone, so what do I do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow her to stay in this uh, state for too long and uh, He brought uh, Musa back to her in a, a very, a very unique way. <laughs> and she was very close to exposing him. Indeed, she was very close to exposing the existence of Musa Alayhi had it not been for the fact that we fortified her heart. We strengthened her heart. So now when we are down and depressed, we need Allah to help us and to fortify us and to strengthen us, which we should ask for. Right, Allah, strengthen my heart. Allah, consolidate me. Allah, give me strength and so on. Instead of blaming the whole world Okay, 23 hours of the day Sit in front of Allah a few minutes And he will strengthen your heart for you Lola arrabatna ala Because it's not easy okay. First of all, you suckled the baby So now you have an att- 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 attachment to the baby The baby has an attachment to you As you will see And then second of all You, you, you threw him into the night And you don't know what's happened So now she is totally, totally upset So Allah says We did fortify her heart qalbiha. So sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us through these stories what we need to do. So we don't need to sit there all the time in grief. Okay, we sit there and make du'a. Once we make du'a and we show our destitute in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah will help us. So that she may become for from those people who are believers. So, the whole exercise is to strengthen the faith and belief of Musa's mother. All of this. So, Allah's favor on Musa's mother was that he wanted to elevate her and her ranks in Jannah. And this is the way he did it. But hindsight is twenty-twenty. But this is the story we find from uh, Musa Alayhi story. At the same time, as uh, she left Musa in the basket in the Nile, she told his sister, Musa alayhi salam had a sister, that you must follow him, Qussi, follow him, and see where the basket ends up. So she would be observing the baby, Musa alayhi salam, from a distance, and in stealth they were not aware that she was following the basket and the baby. They did not know. So this is how Musa mother made sure that nothing happened to Musa or at least knew what was going to happen to her. So now, there was always traffic in and out of the Firan's palace. People come and go. Huge courtyard and huge, uh, or maybe a royal city or village around it, and people come in for trade and business, for work. And for whatever needs the palace and the people in the palace needed. Okay. So, likewise, it was not uncommon for Musa's sister to go into the palace. She was one of the workers there. Okay. She was recognized as one of the workers. And she went in and she found that the baby was still there. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, the time came for feeding the child. So, in those days, you had uh, you know, wet nurses. and uh, People, m- women would uh, feed uh, the babies of other mothers. Which it all happened with the Prophet also. She, uh, he was fed by his mother first. And then Halima Sa'diyah, took him under her wing. And then raised him also for a while in uh, outside of Taif. Okay. But anyway, so the, the, these women would come and say, okay, we can offer our services, but well, Allah says, we made those women haram upon Musa. <laughs> haram upon him. Don't you dare drink their milk. You're not drinking their milk. Now yeah. uh, you might say, why is the word haram there? It's a severe word. The haram is used in different ways. Here there's a haram in the sense that Ibn Musa did not take to the milk. That is a haram which is in the, in, the, in the structure of cosmos. Not in the structure of sharia. Right. As the Prophet ﷺ said, al ala al-qubur. Allah has made the bodies of uh, the prophets haram upon the graves. Okay. The earth will not Devour or touch The bodies of prophets They cannot do anything The earth can't do anything to the bodies The bodies are always preserved Likewise here The Musa was not allowed to drink The milk through a Rule of the cosmos That uh, he was Not at all fond of their milk qabl from beforehand Because uh, he had already tasted his mother's milk From beforehand qabl. Right? So this is Allah's planning, and he's planning sometimes in the detail. Yeah. So now, Musa's sister is there, and she's observing all of this. That there's, there's a ruckus there in the palace, the baby is crying, no one's there, who's able to now uh, give milk to the baby. And now Firal, who is the greatest of all the great rulers in his time, has everything under his umbrella, and in his kingdom, in, under his dominion, but he's not able to feed the baby. Totally impoverished. Yeah. when you think you're high and mighty? Allah shows you're not high and mighty. You're totally incapable of even feeding a child. You can't feed a child in your own palace. You see? Allah shows people of might and power. You can't do tilly squat if Allah doesn't want you it. So Allah haram Haramna, we made a haram, Hosa. Doesn't matter if your own said, what anybody in the palace said, you know, we made haram, finish, khalas, that's the end of the story. You can't feed anybody if we say no. Right? Yeah. And this is how we take guidance From these stories It doesn't matter who is who Allah will always be Allah She said That should I not point you Towards a family Who will take care of him Meaning The mother of Musa <laughs> <laughs> and In fact they will be very kind And gentle and trustworthy And they will also be the best family for this child, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Returned Musa to his mother within a few hours, if not a few days. So, we, this is how we returned him to his mother so that her eyes might be cooled and she might be comforted through this process of divine wisdom, divine might, and divine glory. It's very subtle. You don't need to be violent to be powerful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala operates through subtlety. And this subtlety is through his wisdom. Whereas people who are powerful and they want to dominate and dictate, they will be violent, they will be cruel, and they will be very vocal. Uh, Allah says no. This is not the way powerful people operate. They operate with wisdom and they operate with subtlety. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this very powerful yet subtle process brings Musa back to his mother. Despite what? Firon knowing. In fact, Firon is the one who commissioned. So not only was Musa's mother now feeding him, she was getting paid to feed. <coughs> she was getting paid to feed his own her own child. Somehow the subtle wisdom of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. <laughs> anyway, تحزن, so that she would not grieve any longer about her baby. تعالى, so that she may know, حق, that Allah's promise is true. This is Allah's promise. So when we inspired you through wahi to do what you did—in suckling the baby and then taking care of him, put him in, in the basket. And then putting the basket into the Nile, this was our promise that we will return him to you. This was the first part of the promise that we'll return him to you. The second part is that we'll make him a messenger. That is yet to come in the story, inshaAllah. But the truth is, most people don't know. They don't know that Allah's promise is true. So, in the beginning of the surah, there's a promise Allah Subh'ala makes. What is the promise? Uh, On ayah number 5, we wanted to favour those who are deemed weak in the earth and to make them leaders and to make them inheritors of the earth. This is Allah's promise to the Banu Israel and also a promise to all human beings that if you are disenfranchised and if you are humiliated and if you are insulted and if you are deemed weak and downtrodden by others, a day will come when you will be the leaders so your course of action should not be violence for violence, your course of action should be to rely on Allah's favor read the story of Yusuf read the story of Musa, and you will find you have iman don't freak, don't panic uh, don't go into this mode of frenzy and violence otherwise you will be obliter- obliterated by yourselves people won't do it you will do it to yourselves okay? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that uh, He will make you taste each other's uh, now war and each other's wrath. Each other's war and wrath you uh, will taste. This is what's happening in the Ummah today, unfortunately, yes. Whatever's happening to the Muslim communities or any other community in the world in terms of oppression is not good. It is something we should fight. By demonstration, by proving to others that this is zulm, this is injustice. But to say that Islamically we should go out on a limb and then kill everybody who does not believe what we believe in, that is not Islam. Right? There has to be a certain amount of wisdom, there has to be a certain amount of subtlety that accompanies your might and power. Without subtlety, might and power is destructive. With subtlety, might and power Becomes constructive Once you understand this Then you will see the glory Of the Muslims in the past And also inshallah in the future But if you understand How to raise children first and foremost In this story And then how to prepare yourself so that You see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And now uh, might and power In a very subtle way Right in front of your eyes As we speak MashaAllah. Who are being, we are being raised by whom in this country? Who's paying us to be raised in this country? Who's feeding us? Who's providing us security in this country? No. You realize know the subtlety with which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works. The Allah's promise is true. All you have to do is open your eyes. We don't open our eyes because we're messed up with CNN politics. And CNN says this, oh, <laughs> we freak out. So we have to rely on sources other than the sources that we rely on in order to understand how the world works. Allah subhanahu alayhi wa and white so subtle. Uh, that the communities that wanted to destroy us in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s are the same communities to uh, where we emigrated that's, uh, that's sound like something you've just read no <laughs> I rest my case the rest is history yes, yeah, so you shouldn't be so gung-ho about say? Eh? These people are kuffar in which they might be and they are. But, uh, Musa was raised by Firon. Musa was raised by Firon. So even though Musa A.S. knew that Firon was whatever he was, did he go and destroy the palace? <laughs> There's certain civility that's required, right? Did Musa's mother train Musa now to be a spy in Firon's palace? No. what she say? Alhamdulillah, you've been raised as the best citizen of the country. You've been fed by the king and the queen and you are a prince and enjoyed by well Allah. So when Firon raises Musa, he raises him as a prince, meaning all the necessary cultural, educational, military exposure and the training that Musa needed to be a sophisticated citizen of Egypt was provided to him by none other than Firon himself and if we make an extension from Musa to us what are we doing here isn't the Muslim community privy to all the conveniences that everybody else in America is privy to Everything. Right? Isn't a Muslim everywhere in the country? All the way from the White House down to the streets, cleaning the streets. Who's doing this? It's not Al Qaeda, it's not ISIS. Who is doing this? It's not Isna Iqna or any other Muslim organization. Who is doing this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his very subtle way. So the might and power of Allah is very subtle. In 40, 50 years, this is what Allah has done for us. Why? Because of the Qur'an. The Qur'an has to be preserved. And you must read the stories of the Qur'an so that you preserve the Qur'an in your context. This is the context we live in. Now, a time will come when these people see what they're doing. MashaAllah. So there will be one of two courses. Either they say, leave, or they will convert. That choice is ours. If we behave in such a way that they develop xenophobia, the way xenophobia developed in Germany, then we will perish. But if we behave in such a way that we do what Yusuf did, then we will survive. And we will flourish. And they will become Muslim. Right? So either there's violence or there's the subtle Application of Allah's promise It's our choice If we allow Maniacs To dictate the narrative of Islam in this country Then we'll perish There's no other choice Except to do what? Do what Yusuf did Do what the Prophet did in Abyssinia Do what the Prophet did in Medina And that is what? Be a good Muslim present the face of Islam through Muhammad sallallahu He is the face of Islam. He's a human being. Not your laws, not your philosophy, but your behavior. If we do this, Allah will not only help survive inshallah, but he will allow us to flourish. If our purpose here is not just to make lots and lots of money, If our purpose here is to send all our children to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Ivy League, Stanford, God knows where, Alhamdulillah, fine. You may have accomplished something as an individual, as an individual family, but you are exposing the whole community to an exposure you don't want them to be exposed to. So it must be a collective effort and it must be a united effort. If we do not do this and we do it piecemeal, as long as my kid goes to Harvard, yell Princeton, I'm fine with it. I don't care about the community. Okay, then Allah won't care for you either. Because What's going to happen is that you're going to lose your kid. The first punishment Allah will levy upon Muslims is that they will lose their children to what? Kufr, Infidelity. And disbelief. That you'll become part of the melting pot, part of the soup, where everything now goes but if you raise your child the way Musa's mother raised Musa while Musa was in the palace of Pharaoh maintain your iman maintain your dignity maintain your morals your ethics your behavior maintain your islam then there's no reason why Pharaoh will kill you because you're not a threat right Why should you be a threat? Islam has never been a threat to any civilization. MashaAllah. Allah keep it that way. Anyway, what I'm saying is that the the Qur'an is eternal. It is timeless. When you see this timeless message, we must in time relate to the timeless message which is the story of Musa. No one can overpower us. If we believe the biggest problem with Muslims, they don't believe Islam is the answer. Why don't they believe? Because they don't know Islam. It's all jihad, it's all ignorance. <coughs> Once you know what Islam is, you will have to believe there's no other choice. Right? There's no other choice. So our deal is that we must learn Islam, talk about Islam, teach our children Islam. And what the Quran says, what the Sunnah says, in the appropriate manner, that it will be necessary for us to survive inshallah in this country then eventually through Allah's follow, flourish okay. but if the be all end all game of every Muslim family is that my child needs to go how to yell, Princeton, and be all do that it might help you as individuals and the family it won't help the ummah and you are the ummah Trust me, don't ever believe that you're isolated from the ummah because on the day of judgment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that are you part of Muhammad ummah or were you isolated? If you say you're isolated then you will not go to Jannah because you can only go to Jannah under the wing of your Nabi. That's the law in the Akhirah. If you're not under the wing of a Nabi, you will not go to Jannah unless you're annexed onto it. Meaning the Nabi didn't come between you and the previous Nabi. Then you're annexed onto a Nabi before or after. But on the Day of Judgment, the rule is if you're not under the Ummah of Muhammad you'll not enter Jannah which should be your, be your end-all game as a Muslim. So this is the deal that we have in front of us. So whatever we say that learn the Qur'an Sunnah is very sensible. It is because we don't believe that we don't learn. So we must start to believe, then we will learn. When we learn, inshaAllah, Allah's Fadal will be with us. And we make dua for that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve us, protect us, our family members, our children, and uh, the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wherever it is in this country, any other country. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve the Iman and Islam of all Muslims. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow Islam to flourish through us and with us and because of us. Ameen ya Rabbal Alameen wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.